came in since we greeted the first time, which is about half of you. Um, we want to welcome you today and thank you for being here on this Mother's Day. We're going to do this again because, like I said, there are many mo more mothers in the room than there were at the beginning. If you are a mother this morning, would you stand to your feet really quickly and let us, let's do this. Let's put our hands together and let's thank our moms this morning. You can be seated. I feel like the boys, the men, a song for mama needs to be playing in the background. You know I love you, mama. I, I, I could do it right now, but I'm not going to. Um, man, this is a special day. And if this is your first time at Keystone Church, I want to welcome you. Uh, no, we typically would not have a boys to men song playing in the background, but since I'm the pastor, there's always that possibility. And so anyway, um, but no, I want to welcome you today. And man, this is, a, this is an awesome day. Uh, we love moms, and this is our day to celebrate uh, you. We have a gift for every lady uh, in, our, in the room today, 18 years and older. When we dismiss, it's a buntlet from Nothing Bunt Cake. And if you could, make sure you save at least one for me afterwards. And so anyway, uh, no. Uh, but I want to I wanna just thank you so much for being here. And if we know today, and it mentioned it in the video, and I want to be sensitive, today we celebrate moms. We celebrate moms. We also understand that today can be, uh, there can be some tension in today, correct? There can be some celebration and, and some, some grieving, right, on a day like today. And so we want to recognize that as well. Many maybe whose moms have gone on before them, or maybe there are some here who uh, have, are not yet able to be a mom. The Lord has just not seen fit yet. Uh, we, we want to be very sensitive to that. We want you to know that not only are we celebrating with those who are celebrating today, but we are uh, weeping and grieving and waiting with those of you that are weeping, grieving, and waiting this morning. We want you to know that for sure. Um, I can't wait today. I'm going to eat dinner with my mom. Uh, I have uh, married an incredible lady who is a mom, and for the first time in six years, she is in the service on Mother's Day. She serves on the second Sunday in Keystone Kids, and it just so happens that Mother's Day is the second Sunday of every May. And so, can I just say this? I, I, we don't do this every week, but uh, some of uh, Pastor Aaron and some of our volunteers got together and wanted all the, the kids ministry volunteers that are mothers to be in the service today. So everyone that's serving in Keystone Kids Day is, is not a mother, and they did that on their own volition as a gift to those who serve in our Keystone Kids. Can, they can't hear us, but can we thank them? I thought that was really, really awesome. And I, selfishly, uh, I think that's, that was really awesome. And so it is good to see you here today. Uh, we are typically in a series in the book of Galatians. I'm not going to keep you long. I know you have lunch plans. We also start at 10 a.m., though, so you can beat all the Pentecostals to the, to the restaurant. Like, they go a little later, but Baptist, it depends. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like, ooh, you might, you, might hit a, you might need to, like, skirt into, the, uh, into the, uh, uh, the line right in front of them and make sure you get where you need to. Um, but I'll try to get you out of here today at a good time. We are in Galatians, but not today. We're in Exodus today. Exodus in chapter 2, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles. Exodus chapter 2, by the way, I think I mentioned this, but if I didn't, if it's your first time today, we're honored that you're here. If you were invited by a friend or family member, we, we don't take it lightly uh, that you're here today. Today's sermon is out of our norm. It is geared towards mothers, and it is about a godly mother. Uh, today's sermon is simply entitled Profile of a Faithful Mother. Profile 
of a faithful mother. You remember the story of Joseph? Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, was sent to Egypt, gained favor everywhere he went. He gained favor in the house. He gained favor in prison. He gained favor in Pharaoh's house. He became second in command. Remember the story? He became second in command in Egypt, and there was a famine in the land. And he was in charge of distributing, distributing all of the food and everything to anybody that would come. And you remember the story? His brothers show up. And I'm not going to go through all the details, but some of his brothers show up on behalf of his family. They don't know it's him. He knows it's them. All that happens. Joseph winds up being the tool that God uses to literally save the children of Israel from, from famine. He is the tool that God uses. And so not only do they uh, get the food that they need there in Egypt, but they bring the family to Egypt. And so that was to make sure they had food and they could sustain themselves. And so the children of Israel were brought to Egypt because God wanted to save them and God wanted to bless them. And it wasn't too many years later. I mean, Old Testament years, y'all know that. Like we think about Old Testament, it's like, oh, it's just 200 years later. It's like, that's a long time. Uh, but uh, there arose a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph. He didn't know of how, how, how good Joseph had been to, to Egypt. He didn't understand and remember, and he wasn't told of all of the good that had happened as a result of that, and even as the children of Israel come into Egypt. And so he begins to oppress. He begins to oppress. Through the oppression of this Pharaoh, the need for the children of Israel to find freedom from the slavery arises. I want to give us a little bit of background. The Abrahamic covenant plays heavily into this story. That's ultimately going to be a story of Moses. But Genesis chapter 15, it says this, Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, Egypt. They will afflict them. 400 years, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Okay, so God tells Abraham, foreshadowing what the story I just told, listen, the children of Israel are going to go into a land that's not theirs, and they are going to be slaves. The Israelites were fruitful and multiplied, and they became a much bigger and bigger nation over those 400 years. But here's what happens in Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. Therefore they, the Egyptians, set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. And so the Egyptians, in trying to control the population of the children of Israel, they began to make them work harder, thinking that it would deter them. But no, they just began to be more fruitful and multiply even more. Pharaoh unsuccessfully attempts to force the Hebrew 
midwives to kill all male newborns. That didn't work. So Pharaoh decides to mandate this genocide throughout the land. The last verse of Exodus chapter 1 says this. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born to you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Israel was in desperate need. They were in bondage. They were in slavery. In the land of Egypt, they were in need. And the only answer for Pharaoh was, we have to stop all boys from being born. Obviously, if you can get rid of one of two of the genders, then you can stop a civilization really in one generation. By the way, I'm not here today to make statements on our social issues, but let me just repeat that. If you can get rid of one of two of the genders, you can stop a civilization in one generation. We're not here for science class today, but that's pretty pretty obvious. And so that's what was going to take place. And that is where our story this morning is going to pick up in Exodus and chapter number two. We're going to be introduced to a woman who was a faithful mother. Exodus chapter two, verse one, scripture will be on the screen for you. And and a man of the house of Levi, Amram, we know his name to be, went and took as a wife, a daughter of Levi, Jochebed. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, much like my mother's child, she hid him, she hid him three months. But when she could know, y'all thought that was in the Bible? Y'all were looking for it, didn't you? You're like, oh, what verse are you reading from? <laughs> when she saw he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. If you're familiar with church, you know the story. His sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Her name, by the way, Miriam. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him. And said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister, who had been hiding, said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages so the woman took the child and nursed him and the child grew and she brought him to pharaoh's daughter and he became her son so she called his name moses saying because i drew him out of the water one of the most incredible stories in the bible one of the most incredible stories of motherhood one of the most incredible stories of god's greatness Let's pray together and let's jump in this morning. Heavenly Father, lead us through your word today. God, I thank you so much for mom, just for what that means. God, and and all that mothers mean to each of us. Guide us in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
We're going to walk through this text kind of in the perspective of a mother. If you just consider the story, this was not suggestion, this was mandate that every son should be killed. And let's think about from the perspective of Jochebed how this text unfolds. Number one, I want us to see this. A faithful mom in the face of a wicked culture. A faithful mom in the face of a wicked culture. You say, Josh, that sounds familiar because the culture in which we live in today is, is, is there or on its way there. And I would, I would agree with you 100%. But Jochebed is expecting a child in the middle of, of, of forced genocide. In the middle of the Pharaoh, the leader of the country, saying every boy will be killed. Not only that, they found themselves uh, having uh, this child in the middle of hard labor slavery. We read about it in the previous, in the text in the introduction, about how they were given work and then given more work and more rigorous work. They found themselves in the midst of hard labor slavery. And may I say this this morning, that God does not always promise us good circumstances in our lives. And I may be here today and I may be speaking to a mom whose life has been fairly good, maybe raised in a good home, uh, maybe had some, some chips fall your way, mom, throughout, and God has just blessed you and given you some great children who, who love the Lord and love and respect and honor you as a mom. But honestly, I may be speaking here today to moms whose, life have not, whose lives have not gone that easy, moms who maybe weren't raised in a home where there was love and where mom and dad just pushed her towards uh, Jesus and, and, and where, where everything was, the chips fell in her, in her direction. Now maybe you're here this morning and you say, no, the circumstances in which I'm a mom or my circumstances are, it seems like all the chips fall in the wrong direction. May I say this morning, no matter where you find yourself today, you can be a faithful Mom, you can be a faithful mother today. Jacobeb was faced with impossible circumstances. Impossible. I had a boy, and the Pharaoh had decreed that all boys should be killed. Impossible circumstances. But God seems to do great works in the lives of his people during impossible circumstances. Jesus was born in the middle of, of, of spiritual barrenness. He was born uh, during the middle of oppression under the Roman Empire, and God sent Jesus. If you think about in the, the history of the church, the Reformation, the church had been riddled with, with all sorts of heresy and false teaching, and, and money had gotten in the way, and, 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 and the, the hierarchy of the church had been born outside of Scripture, and he sent the Reformation during a dark time. The Israelites, experiencing slavery and spiritual barrenness, genocide during this time. Yet they were faithful. Yet Jochebed was faithful. You just, you listen to me this morning. We understand because we had the completed scripture this morning. We understand that that little baby boy that she put in that little boat and she pushed out in that water. Number, a couple of things we know. We know that baby was saved. We know that baby had a calling on his life. His name was Moses. 
And his calling was to lead the people out of Egypt and to the brink of the promised land. But she didn't know that. She didn't know that. And so this morning, she was faithful even in the face of a wicked culture. May I say this this morning, while we don't have physical genocide uh, given out in, in, our, in our country, and while we don't have some of those things that are maybe that obvious this morning, may I say this, Mom, we do live in a culture that is coming after our children on a spiritual level. We do live in a culture that is doing their dead level best to infiltrate the minds of your sons and your daughters and to influence them away from the Lord Jesus Christ, to influence them away from the Holy Spirit, to influence your children away from what God has for them. And may I say this this morning, if I can, be just, just challenge you this morning to stay faithful. Mom, stay faithful. Stay faithful. May it be said of you by your children, hey, listen, I was off. And maybe I was off doing my own thing, and maybe I had run away, and maybe I had, I had, I had left uh, what the Lord had for me, but I always knew mom was going to be faithful. Hey, I always knew my mom would be praying for me. I always knew that my mom was going to be consistent. And may I say this morning, in a wicked culture, in a culture that's trying to take advantage of, 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 of all of the, uh, the children and, and everything, any, any vulnerable part of our society, a culture that's trying to take advantage of that this morning, be faithful, Mom. Be faithful. Be faithful. I want us to see secondly this morning, not only was she faithful, but she was bold, a bold mother in the face of genocide. Look what she did. The woman conceived, bore a son. She saw he was a beautiful child. She hid him three months, but she could no longer hide him. She took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. Very honest with you this morning. She could have succumbed to the genocide. I had a boy, and she could have begun the grieving process immediately. This morning, may I say this, there's nothing like the boldness of a woman. There's, man, you can say amen if you want to. Uh, there's nothing like the boldness of a godly woman. Listen, you can do, Pharaoh, you can say whatever you want to say. I believe God has greater plans for my son. You can decree death upon every male that's fine. Decree it all you want to. But I'm going to step out in boldness. I'm going to be bold. And I believe her attitude was, hey, listen, you're going to take his life one way or the other. So I can either cower in fear or I can step out in boldness. And what we see from a godly mother, we see boldness. Remember, she had no idea who would find that child. The wrong person finds that little raft with a little baby in it the wrong person finds that and that baby's gone never to be heard from again but her boldness not only was she bold if you think about this really it could be the the boldness and wisdom because she sends her intelligent smart daughter Miriam to kind of keep an eye on things and we see the incredible story unfold 
But may I say this this morning, that the boldest move that Jochebed ever made was releasing the grip on that boat. The boldest thing she ever did. Moms, practically speaking today, as much as you don't want to hear this, sometimes the boldest, most biblical, and most godly thing you can do sometimes is the things that you've been holding on to and the people you've been holding on to and the desires that you've been holding on to, maybe for your children, that you release them. And you let God take him. Or you let God take her. This is a season of transition. We're celebrating graduation Sunday in a couple of weeks. I have an eighth grader going into ninth grade. That's a, that's a jump. As my kids get older, I can do one of two things. I can tighten that grip and I can say, but I want, but I want, but I want, but I want, but I want. Or I can say, but God has, God has, God has, God has. The boldest thing that Jacobed did was release that little boy. She let go. I'm sure you've never heard this before. And she let God. And I don't know about you moms, but I'm a dad who likes to be in control. It's my natural thing. We're driving somewhere I want to drive. Anybody else like me? Okay. Don't, don't act like I'm crazy. All right, how many of you ladies are like that? If you're going to go somewhere you want to be, don't lie. It ain't, it ain't, I'm not, I'm not going to bait and switch you. It's all good. But we like that control. I hold on so tightly sometimes, and we hold on so tightly sometimes to the things that we think we want. I want to be the person my kids look to. I want to be the one that they lean on and I want to be. And there is something to be said about that. But ultimately, I'm a conduit. Ultimately, it's I want to connect with my kids so that they can connect with God. And I want to bring my kids in so that I can release them. I want to bring them close so that they experience what God has done for me so that I can release them to him. Jochebed, bold, bold, wise. By the way, we need a church full of mothers who will be bold and who will be wise. We need a church full of mothers who won't let whatever culture is saying, whatever society is saying, whatever leadership is even saying in our country, that they're not going to let that determine the fate of their family. And thirdly, and I love this part, the blessed mother with the provision from God. The blessed mother with the provision from God. Look at verse 5 in our text this morning. Exodus chapter 2. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along the riverside. So you can see this. Pharaoh's daughter, she has her maidens with her. Like she doesn't go anywhere by herself. They're probably helping her carry all of her things. And she is in charge. And they see this little ark among the reeds. She sent her maid to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. And I love this about 
the innate nature of a woman, she immediately had what? Compassion. Boy, I need a dose of that often. If this were a man, how'd that get here? Is there a leak in that boat? I'll watch alone, man. I could have made a much better boat than that. Like, No, she's had compassion. Compassion was her first reaction. She said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Listen to the story, folks. Incredible. Then his sister Miriam evidently engages. By the way, that's a bold move right there, too. That's something that kind of gets overlooked. Her sister was watching from a distance, sees what's going on, and is willing to go and engage in conversation, knowing that who knows what, how, how Pharaoh's daughter was going to react. But Miriam goes down and says, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? I like that. And she, she didn't lie, but she was wise. Let me, go get, let me just go get a, a woman who can nurse this baby. She didn't say, Can I go get the mom? But Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, nurse him for me, I'll give you your wages. The woman took the child, nursed him, the child grew. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. He became her son. She called his name Moses. Pharaoh's daughter called his name Moses, uh, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Jochebed, because of her boldness and her faithfulness, was greatly blessed. She was greatly blessed. Listen to me this morning. Not only was Moses the little boy, not only was his life spared. That would have been enough, right? If we think about this story from the vantage point of Jochebed, she says, I love my son so much, I just want him to live. And if I never see him again, if he would just live, right? I mean, as a mom, that's, that's enough. But look what God does. God doesn't just say, okay, this boy is going to live, but God says because of the boldness of Miriam and what he had put in her life to do, he's going to live and you're going to be able to nurse your own baby. You're going to be able to nurse your own baby. And to think about that, when she put him out in that ark, she released that. She released every motherly ability to God. And God gave her that ability back. And, and this morning, I obviously, uh, you know, wasn't aware when I was a kid, and I'm not a woman, but the bond of a nursing mother and an infant child. The bond there is, from what I've been told, is unique. And to think that she was going to be able to experience that, that with her child, that intimacy with her child. But it didn't stop there, did it? Did you catch the little thing? The little phrase in there. What Pharaoh's daughter said, if you will nurse him, and she says this, I will pay you your wages. Listen to the blessing. Not only did she get her son back, but she got paid to do what she was willingly going to do for free and spend money to make happen. God blessed her. And may I, in this case, I mean, he blessed her financially. He blessed her in the ways that we can all comprehend that blessing. He says, Mom, 
You were faithful. You were trusting. You were bold. I'll repay you with your son and a blessing. Not only was he saved, she was able to nurse him, and she got paid for it. This morning, I don't know of a better illustration of what God can do if we will take our hands off the situation. Now, I'm not going to be a, a dishonest pastor. This is not a proof text to say that if you'll trust God with your children, that he will financially bless you and give you everything that you ever wanted. Honestly, there are pastors who would preach this and they would do it with so much energy that you wouldn't realize how bad the theology is. And it would look really good on your reels. And it would look really good on TikTok. But it would be terrible theology. This is an instance. Okay, this is not a, a guarantee. Listen, there's faithful mothers out there. Faithful mothers out there that have trusted God and been faithful and been bold and raised their kids under the banner of God's word and in his spirit. And those kids have chosen to walk away. Those kids have chosen a different path. And so this morning, I'm not here telling you that this is what God is going to do. I am telling you this, that God can do this. I can tell you this, that the blessed life that she imagined would not have been imagined and, and, and lived and lived out had she not been faithful, had she not been bold, had she not been trustworthy this morning. And God says, if Jacobed, you'll let go, if you'll give up, let go of your fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear of what could go wrong with my kids, God said, I'll take care of the rest. I'll take care of the rest. Sometimes he abundantly more than we could ever ask or think takes care of us. How many of you this morning would testify there have been times in my life where God has not just met my need, but he has gone above and beyond. Anybody by a show of hands this morning, he's done more. Keystone Church, Durham, North Carolina, our surrounding area. We need churches full, communities full, cities and towns full of faithful mothers. We need churches full and communities full of bold mothers, of trusting mothers. Because ultimately we need churches and towns and cities and communities full of mothers that have seen the blessing of God in their lives. Godly mothers. I believe Jochebed to be maybe outside of Mary, the mother of Jesus. I find this story of Jochebed to probably be the most obvious story of a godly, biblical mother. You may say this morning, and I'm closing... You may say this morning, Josh, that sounds great. But I already see as a mother, I already see the areas where I fail or have failed. I already see this culture and everything that's going on 
has already impacted my children. I feel like I'm behind the eight ball and I don't know what I can do. There's nothing I can do. Maybe you're a mother here of adult children that have turned their back on the faith and they don't want anything to do with your God. They don't want anything to do with your, with your faith. Can I say this this morning? That's where the gospel comes in. That's where the grace of Jesus comes in. That's where God and his loving kindness not only wraps you in his arms as a mother who's not good enough, but he also lets you know that his arm is not short like mine. And that, <laughs> they are. Um, and that he cannot find that wayward one. That he cannot bring that wayward one back. You say, I feel inadequate as a mom. Well, welcome to the club. I, we are all inadequate as followers of Jesus. We're all inadequate. That's where grace comes in. That's where God says, rest in me. Abide in me. Trust me. Follow me the best that you know how. You say, Josh, what does a faithful mother look like? This is where I want to end today, and I want to encourage every single mother here. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if today is a day of, of sorrow for you. I don't know if today's a day of celebration for you, or maybe a mixture of the two. Maybe your mother is gone on before, but you're celebrating with your children, whatever it may be. There's all different types today. I don't know where you are, and I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't. You may be a godly mother that, that points her children towards Christ and everything that he would have to offer and his plan for your children's lives. Or honestly, you may be, maybe you're newer to getting your life right with God, and you're like, man, I look back at those years, and I really didn't parent the way that I ought to, and whatever it may be. I don't know where you're at. Can I say this? This is how you become a faithful mother right now. You know what you do? You take your next step of faith as a mother. Your next step. I don't know what your next step of faith is. Your next step of faith might be to pick up the phone and call your mother. Your next step of faith might be to say, hey, mom, we haven't spoken in X amount of time. We need to grab breakfast. We need to grab coffee. Your next step of faith as a mother could be Son, daughter, I've not been the type of faithful mother that I should be. And I want to, I want to be. I just want you to know that. It might be as your children get older, hey, can we do this, take this step? Can we serve together? Can we maybe read this together? I don't know what your next step is, but everybody has one, right? Everybody has a next step. So I would say this morning to every mother, and honestly, we know this, it applies to all of us, but how to be a faithful mother is to take your next step of faith. And for some of you, that step might be to come back to Jesus or to come to him for the first time. For some of you, it might be, God, the responsibility of a mother has kind of gotten lost over the years and I need to rekindle that. All I can say is this, Moms are so important. And I don't believe there's a greater 
human display of God's love for us than a mother's love for her children. And if you're away from the Lord today, Mom, just like you love your kids and you're trying to explain it to them and you can't even really explain to them how much you love them, God loves you the same. And he wants a relationship with you again. Heavenly Father. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.